Dear Franny podcast is sponsored by Audible. Audible is the world's largest provider of audio entertainment. I myself have over 100 books that I have downloaded from Audible on my phone right now. And if not for Audible, I would not be able to keep up with all of the books and all of the podcasts that I want to hear because life is really, really busy. But with Audible, you can take all of your titles with you on the go. They sync across devices. And I love when you can listen to the author read their own book. So Arlen Hamilton, who was a guest on this podcast a few months ago, she wrote a book called It's About Damn Time. And I I loved listening to the audio version of that book and listening to Arlen's voice tell me her story. So I'm a big, big fan and a longtime subscriber of Audible. And as a listener of this podcast, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible by visiting audibletrial.com slash dearfranny. Audible trial, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash dear franny when you use your trial you can cancel at any time no strings attached and the title that you get and you get two titles if you are an amazon prime member whatever titles you get you get to keep them you download them and you get to keep them forever even if you wind up canceling your membership but i don't think you will because it's that good so visit audibletrial.com slash dear franny Hello and welcome to Dear Franny, the podcast of uncommon conversations about love. I'm your host, Francesca Hoagie. Hi, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. I appreciate you listening. I'm excited to talk to you today, as I always am, because I love this podcast and I love standing in my closet recording it. It makes me feel like I'm, (laughs) makes me feel like I'm like in an old fashioned recording booth or something. And I have taken to recording my podcast in the closet. It's just the quietest room in the house. So, you know, and when I say room, I mean closet. It's the quietest closet in the house. So I hope that wherever you are in the world, you are doing well and you are thriving and you are able to find peace and joy during these very challenging times that we are living through here in the U.S. Everyone is feeling much lighter since Inauguration Day. We have a long road ahead of us, but... Things are feeling a little bit better, so that's really good. And speaking of roads and journeys, today's episode is about your love journey. And I wanted to introduce to you these three areas that really I invite everyone who is single and doesn't want to be single to examine these three areas because they all have to do with your mindset and your mindset is everything how you feel about your love journey, what you believe is possible for you, the relationship that you have to fear, to negative self-talk, the conditioning that you have around what love is supposed to look like. There's lots of things that can get in the way. I truly, truly believe that the love that you want is possible for you. And it is only a matter of clearing whatever blocks are standing in the way of that happening. So I want to talk about those three areas today because, you know, this is major. And I wish that somebody had told me about all this years ago. It would have saved me a lot of heartache. And that's what I want to do for you. I want to shortcut this journey of yours because it doesn't take as long and as many years as it took me to really work through all of these things. You just need a little guidance and certainly know that I needed a lot of guidance, which is what has motivated me to be a person now who has dedicated my career and my business to helping other people to find love because I know firsthand how painful it is 
to want that connection and want that relationship so badly and for it to feel so far away. And I just don't want you to feel that way. I want to do what I can to help you to get there faster, right? So that's what today's episode is about. But before I dive into that, I want to make another announcement. So there is a social media platform called Clubhouse, and perhaps you have heard of it. Perhaps you were on it. I think there actually now are about 3 million people on the platform. So it's possible that you are one of them. And maybe that's why you're listening to this podcast because you found me there. But anyway, it is a platform. It is all live audio. It's currently in beta and therefore invite only. So it's rolling out slowly. When I joined the platform back in September, there were 10,000 users. As I said, now there are 3 million and growing every day. So if you haven't heard about it before this conversation, you will be hearing more. But the reason I'm talking about Clubhouse is because it's someplace that I've been spending a lot of time. I've been hosting three rooms every week on the platform. And these are all live chat rooms where people can come and you can listen in the audience and people participate and I have co-hosts and it's wonderful. On Mondays, Manifestation Monday, I do a session on finding true love on Tuesday called True Love Tuesday. And we talk about human design on Fridays for human design happy hour. And my friend, AC Brown, who was on this podcast not too long ago, she's also in Clubhouse, which is how we met each other. And we have been co-hosting these rooms together along with some of our other wonderful friends, including my BFF, Aaron Stevens. Shout out to my best friend since 1988. And AC and I have decided because we've been hosting these rooms for months on Clubhouse and people have been so excited about human design and resonating with it so much. And so we have decided to host the first multi-day summit on Clubhouse and it is a four-day summit. It's happening February 11th through the 14th. So if you're listening to this in the future, this is 2021, February 11th through the 14th, we are hosting the True Love Summit on Clubhouse. And I invite you to visit the truelovesummit.com to learn more about it and to get tickets. And for those of you who are not on the platform Clubhouse, we are also offering a Zoom live stream option. So we'll be live streaming the entire thing on Zoom. So you can grab one of the Zoom tickets if you're not on Clubhouse and you won't miss a thing because it's all audio. So it'll be the Zoom will also be audio. No video for this. We're not doing video anymore because now we have Clubhouse and we don't have to. <laughs> Just kidding. If you want to see me on video, then I invite you to join my community, the True Love Society, where I do weekly Zooms with the members of that community. So you can also go to the truelovesociety.com to check out my community, which you're invited to join and the truelovesummit.com to check out the summit and to grab your tickets while they are still available. Okay, so that's the announcement that I wanted to make. It's a big one and it's time sensitive. So now on to the topic of today's show, which is these three areas that really, really get in the way and contain all of the love blocks that I see in my clients and in others who are looking for love. And I no, because I know this firsthand because I also have had to deal with all three of these areas. So number one, I want to introduce you to the fairy tale industrial complex. And what do I mean by the fairy tale industrial complex? I mean the collection of stories, movies, love songs, all of the societal kind of narrative, media, advertising around love. 
It has been a conspiracy that's been going on since you were born. It started with the fairy tales and it's just been going ever since. All the rom-coms, all of the marketing that tells us what love is supposed to look like and, you know, a diamond ring means you're loved and all of these things and just so much. And all of this together, it's not all bad, but some of it is. And some of it is really harmful. And some of it creates this whole image of what love is supposed to look like that is very contrary to what love actually looks like. The whole idea that there is only one perfect person in the world for you. And if you don't find that person, if you're not lucky enough to find that magical person, then you're unlucky in love. And when you do find that person, then they're magically going to solve all of your problems. And does it matter that they were completely unavailable and didn't even want a love? You know, now that they've met you, you're so amazing that they are suddenly unafraid to be vulnerable and to love and to be amazing, committed partner. And then you live happily ever after. And unfortunately, and as many of you know, your own personal experience, it doesn't work that way. Does not typically work that way. And yet this is a narrative that we're kind of sold over and over again. And also this narrative of the perfect partner, right? The one, the one, there's only one, there's only one in this narrative, not in reality, but in this narrative, there's only one. And it's all about finding that perfect person. And when you do, then everything magically works out and you live happily ever after. And this is not how it works. And you probably know this intellectually, but this programming can run really, really deep. So it's not about saying that there's no such thing as romance and, you know, the magic of falling in love, the miracles of falling in love and the serendipity. Of course not. That is all beautiful and incredible. And that happens every day. I'm at the love of my life walking down the street, literally walking down the street. We met on the street corner, on the corner of Sunset and Doheny in Los Angeles, if anyone's curious. You know, so we had a real rom-com meet cute. <laughs> but even with that, the only way that I was even able to get to that place of not just having the serendipity of running into him on that street corner, but also of being in a place emotionally where I could receive that love and to show up and to be vulnerable and to give love and to not hold myself or my partner to an impossible standard and to face the fear of vulnerability. I mean, look, romantic relationships are very triggering. And it triggers a lot of fear in us. And so shit comes up. And it's not that we are trying to say that you've got to not have any issues at all. And then, you know, then you'll find love. It's just like, no, it's like you just have to understand that it's a process and it's not a fairy tale happy ending. The happy ending is you. The happy ending is your choice to choose love over fear and to learn to be more vulnerable because that's how you have true intimacy and all of these things, but also to accept that other people are on their own paths. And the fairy tale industrial complex, it really creates this fantasy cloud, right? So you can kind of put this category is like fairy tale industrial complex slash fantasy cloud. <laughs> it's just another kind of way to think of how all of these ideas, all this fantasy that we have around romance, how much of that have we internalized? How much of that are you actually holding on to? And I'll just say this quickly before I move on to the next, which is, you know, one thing that I hear a lot of is like, well, I'll know when I know. 
You know, when I meet that person, I'll know. And this might be true, (laughs) but usually when people are saying that to me, they're saying it to justify, you know, maybe going on a date with somebody and being like, nope, they're not the one and just very quickly dismissing them. And because they have this idea of like, as soon as they see the person, they're going to know. And the reality is it's like, well, how many times in your life did you see a person who you were like, oh my God, and you were so drawn to that person and where are they now? Because that instant chemistry, as magical as it can be or is, feels, it's not a reliable indicator of long-term compatibility. That's what the fairy tale industrial complex tells us it is, but that's not the reality. So you want to just examine how much am I attached to love happening, looking, coming in a certain package, and where is that coming from? And how much of that is reality? How much of that is actually important and has to do with my relationship. You know, another example of this where I move on, I'll hear a lot of people say like, oh, I don't want to do online dating. Like, I don't want to meet my partner online. And like, you know, and they just like, they have a vision of how they're going to meet and it's not online. And let me tell you, even though I met my partner, I did a meet cute on the street, I was online doing that because I wasn't attached to how I met my partner. It's like, I don't know. I don't know where this person is. (laughs) He could be online. He could be, I don't know where he is. I'm just going to be open to it because I want the love. I don't care about the attachment to the story of how we met. I want the love. I want the relationship. So really just checking in with yourself is how much of what you are expecting and the standard to which you are holding yourself or to other people is based on a fantasy versus really based on having the love, having the intimacy, the connection, the emotional, physical safety, the commitment, the joy, you know, true love shit. (laughs) Okay. So that's number one. And then number two, and I actually could have started with this one because it's really, really, really major. And I do usually start my conversations talking about self-compassion, which is so important particularly on this love journey, because it is so triggering. Because the second really big area of love block that I see is what I call the shame fog. So we have the fantasy cloud and we have the shame fog. So the shame fog is what happens when you are judging yourself, when you are criticizing yourself, when you are beating yourself up or you're real or perceived mistakes, for your real or perceived shortcomings, you are wallowing in regret, you are kicking yourself for your past choices, you're kicking yourself for who you did date, for who you didn't, for staying in a relationship, for never being in a relationship, for being in too many relationships, for being in too few relationships. You get the idea. So that self-criticism and that self-judgment, and it is related to the fantasy cloud because a lot of that judgment is coming from, it doesn't look like I thought it would, or I was told it would, or doesn't look perfect, or I don't have that perfect person yet. And therefore somehow I'm lacking and I'm not worthy and my life isn't worth living and I failed. So the fantasy cloud is not a harmless thing. It's not like, oh, I kind of have these like unrealistic, you know, expectations about romance and like it's harmless because what often happens because the shame fog and the fantasy cloud, they go hand in hand because when we are saying, oh my God, it doesn't look like that for me. Or, oh my God, I can't believe I'm still single at my age. Or, oh my God, I can't believe I'm single again at my age. Or, who's ever going to want to date somebody who's got, you know, fill in the blank. Or, I, it doesn't matter how many dates I go on, nothing ever changes. Or, I never meet that person. All of those things, all of those judgments that you're making about yourself, all of those things are generating shame. So, when you generate shame, 
then you cannot see clearly. The shame fog obscures your vision. So you literally think that there's nothing you can do. When you're in that shame fog, you don't realize you're in a fog, so you think you can see, <laughs> and but yet you can't get out of this pattern, right? You don't see any other options. So the shame fog must be extinguished at all costs. Shame is, it is an extremely corrosive emotion and it eats away at you from the inside out. So it is very natural for us as humans to have negative self-talk, particularly because we have so much to deal with in your life. So many experiences and trauma and conditioning and so much messaging that has told you that you are not good enough for all of these things. And this is related to the third area, by the way, as well. They're all connected. Being compassionate towards yourself for everything that you have struggled with, everything that you are struggling with, for feeling the way that you do, for being in the situation in life that you are and however you judge that situation as lacking or whatever. Having compassion towards yourself for how you feel and what you are experiencing and what you have experienced is critical because the lack of that compassion, that is the shame fog. So my advice to you, is to start to really choose to be compassionate towards yourself because compassion is an act of love. Self-compassion is an act of self-love and love is the only thing that heals. So sometimes we say to ourselves, well, I need to beat myself up because that's what's gonna motivate me. But if beating ourselves up and shaming ourselves worked, then we wouldn't have anything left that we wanted to change about ourselves because we would have shamed it out of ourselves a really long time ago. This is why diets don't work, right? Because dieting is all based on this idea that you've got to lose weight. And if you don't lose that weight, that feels like a failure. And now you're judging yourself for not losing the weight. And that's generating more shame. And all that's doing is making you want to eat more. And, you know, there's a whole other topic, but my point is, keeping it to love, is that that shame fog is very, very corrosive and it will keep you stuck. It will keep you stuck in a pattern. So if nothing else, just say to yourself, I don't be stuck anymore. So I'm going to give myself a goddamn break <laughs> so I can move on. You don't have to do it with all like so happy and like, I'm so in love with myself. I'm just so compassionate towards myself. No, it's a choice. I'm choosing to give myself a break so I can move on. And that is an act of love. And you deserve that. So the shame fog keeps us stuck. Self-compassion extinguishes that shame, gives us that space to actually see and start to understand that we have options, that we have agency, that you actually have control here, not control over other people, not that you can control the universe and its timing, but you feel the empowerment that you should feel because your beliefs, the way that you feel is going to impact your reality and that 100% comes to dating. So we need to extinguish that shame fog because it's bad, bad news. Okay, so we had the fairy tale industrial complex slash the fantasy cloud. And then we have the shame fog. And number three, we have self-worth. So self-worth, and another way to think about this, because I think that word worth can sometimes trip people up, or at least to say, you know, oh, you have low self-worth and that's why you don't have love yet. And it's like, well, do I have low self-worth? And it's not that easy. It's not that simple because there were many years where I had self-worth, but I also didn't have any love, <laughs> right? 
certainly didn't have the love that I wanted, but it wasn't like I didn't consciously feel unworthy. But I think another way to think about this, because sometimes, and I do, and I have worked with people who do, they are aware that they don't feel worthy. They really feel like, no, I'm not sure that I deserve that love, right? And so that is something to heal because you do deserve that love. You are infinitely deserving of that love just because you are. So that's a lie. But, you know, feelings, I respect the feelings, but the feelings are not facts, right? So when you start to understand that, by the way, and you're like, well, maybe this feeling that I have that I'm not worthy or maybe and you can start to heal it. You can start to change it just by being very compassionate in your inquiry of yourself. Like you're reflecting on it and you're saying, oh, well, maybe this belief that I have that I can't have this love or I don't deserve this love, maybe this belief isn't true. Maybe it's based on a lie. Even that is so empowering to start to question that possibility. But even if you don't feel you don't identify with quote unquote low self-worth, because even that can feel shaming right, and judging like you have low self-worth. I think another way to think about this and maybe it's actually more accurate is it's like a misguided or a misdirected sense of self-worth. And what I mean by that is an idea that your worthiness is based on something other than the fact that you exist. <laughs> so if you believe that what makes you worthy of having love is looking a certain way or having a certain amount of money or, you know, having certain credentials or being somebody who does everything for other people, because that's a big one. If you believe that your value is coming from the fact that you can be helpful to other people, and that's where all of your basing your self-worth on that, then you're going to be somebody who's constantly overextending, doing too much, giving too much, burning yourself out, being taken advantage of. Because if you're going to give, 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 there are always going to be people who are like, oh, you're going to give, give, give. I'm fine. I'll take, 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 take. Right. So you want to just really ask yourself, where, what am I basing my value on, my worthiness on? And if it's anything other than the fact that I exist, <laughs> then it's something that I want you to look at and really start to bring your attention to and start to heal because you were born worthy and nothing that you have done or will ever do will change that fact. You are worthy of having love. Look at a newborn baby. Any newborn baby will do. But if you have a particular child in your life that you care about, then it's helpful to think about them. And when you think about when that baby came into the world, what did they have to do to be worthy of love, respect, abundance, joy, intimacy, connection, good health, safety, both emotionally and physically, right? What did that baby have to do to be worthy of those things? Joy, creativity, they didn't have to do anything. They just had to be born. And it's the same for you. And so we are all inherently worthy and the world has been conspiring your whole life to tell you otherwise, whether it's through advertising, trauma, peers, family dynamics, even by people who are very well-intentioned sometimes. Because if you start to get a, a message that your worthiness is based on looking a certain way or acting a certain way or getting a certain grade or having a certain accomplishment, and that's where you start to misdirect your value and you think that's what makes you worthy and that's what makes you valuable as a human, that's what makes you deserving of love, that is misguided. And it's going to lead you into relationship dynamics over and over and over again, where you are seeking to find your meaning in something outside of yourself, your worthiness and something outside of yourself. And that's not where it lies. And so, and I'll go back to the example because it's a really common one. 
especially for, well, I'm not even going to get into gender because it's irrelevant. There's a really, really common dynamic in relationships for there to be a person who they are the giver and the doer and they do everything and they give and they give and they're the one who makes all the effort and all the compromise. And the other person is like, take it or leave it, right? If you can relate to any type of dynamic like that, I really want you to ask yourself, what do I believe? Where do I believe my value comes from? Where do I believe that my worthiness comes from? What do I believe makes me worthy of having love? And it's important, remember we talked about self-compassion, to be very compassionate towards yourself when you're asking these questions. Because if you ask yourself empowering questions, you will get empowering answers. If you ask yourself compassionate questions, you will get compassionate answers. If you ask yourself judging, critical, shaming questions, you'll get shame. And then that shame will seek to multiply itself and find other reasons to feel more and more and more and more of it. So to recap, number one, the fantasy cloud slash the fairy tale industrial complex. Number two, the shame fog. And number three, misdirected self-worth. You know, I hope you are picking up what I'm putting down because I want you to have the love that you deserve and you deserve a true love relationship. And that is a relationship that is based, it has as its foundation, mutual respect, emotional and physical intimacy, emotional and physical safety, joy, and commitment. And by the way, that all starts with having that relationship with yourself, really, even the commitment part the commitment to respect yourself, to not betray yourself, to not to sell yourself short, and even the safety. Are you emotionally safe with yourself? Or are you judging yourself for your emotions all the time? Are you making yourself wrong for feeling the way that you feel? Because if you're doing all of that, you're generating shame. And we already covered that. So we know that's a problem. So I want you to just start to consider the possibility that all of those negative things that you have internalized and believe about yourself may not actually be true. And maybe it's not actually true that it's too late for you. Or maybe it's not actually true that no one will ever accept you or love you because of X, Y, Z. Maybe that's not actually true. And if you're able to consider that possibility, then you have the potential to change your life, literally. Because into that space of possibility, miracles can happen. So you don't have to like believe everything I'm saying, but I do encourage you to consider that it's possible that you actually can have the love that you want. And that the only thing that needs to happen is that there's something in you that you need to understand a little bit better and to heal so that you can release it, so you can attract the relationship that you're seeking. All right, folks. That's what I got for you this week. And I really hope that it was helpful. And if it was helpful, and if you got something valuable out of this episode, I invite you to share it. You can share it with a friend. You can share it on social media. But I really want in 2021 to really make an effort to get the word out about this podcast and to really, you know, spread this message of true love far and wide because the world needs it now more than ever. So I really would appreciate your help in that if you found it valuable. And for those of you who have taken the time to review the show and rate the show and subscribe to the show, I thank you so much. I really appreciate you. 
And if you haven't yet done those things, it only takes a minute. You can like tap subscribe and you can tap five stars and one tap. And if you want to take a few minutes to write a review, I would appreciate that. But, you know, even if you don't get that far, the subscription and the rating definitely helps. So I appreciate you. Thank you so much. And I also invite you to stay in touch with me. I am at Dear Franny on the socials and also at Dear Franny podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And as I mentioned, there's lots going on. I have my community, the True Love Society, which I invite you to check out. You can do that by going to the truelovesociety.com, also True Love Society on Instagram. And also the True Love Summit is coming up February 11th through the 14th. It is happening on Clubhouse. And there's also going to be a Zoom live stream option for those who are not able to attend on Clubhouse. But if you are interested in attending on Clubhouse and you're not already on the platform, just DM me. I don't have tons of invites, but I've got some and you need to be on an Apple device, iOS. So Apple iPhone or iPad only at the moment. They will be rolling out to Android, but not yet, unfortunately. So iOS only and Like I said, if you're interested in attending the summit, reach out to me to just confirm before you buy your ticket because it changes which ticket option that you're going to get. Before you buy your ticket, just reach out to me and let me know that, you know, you're interested in attending and you want to attend on Clubhouse. And just so I can confirm that I can have an invite for you before you purchase that ticket option. All right. That's all for now. I see you. I appreciate you. Thank you for listening wherever you are in the world. Please stay safe. We are still in a pandemic and I want you to be safe and your loved ones as well. So I know it's a hard, crazy time. So I really, really, really appreciate you taking some time to spend with me today. I don't take it for granted. I don't take you for granted. And I don't want you to take yourself for granted because you're beautiful. Have a great day. Bye.